Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Mind the Health Gap. This week, we're just going to do a catch up on what we've been up to since May. That's the last time we actually got our episode. Yep. Take it away. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks. Guys, we're a bit rusty, but yeah, as Mo said, this is just a, kind of like a reflective podcast. Um, exploring the early start of our careers in global health and yeah really answering a lot of like questions you could you could call it a part two to the careers the careers podcast we did before um just to outline the episode the first part will be just reflecting on the more technical parts of our respective courses Mohammed studied at LSE me at UCL and why to study what we why we chose to study what we studied and the second part will kind of focus on our research interests how this correlates with our lived interest experiences and like the commitment to decolonizing global health so yeah go on Mo, take it away uh, yes like you said this week's um, episode is more of a reflective episode where we look at our year in terms of uh, masters what we've done our research interests and whether we're at the same position or place as we were last year when we started the podcast. Um, we're going to talk about the differences between our undergrad and our master's. So I just want to get into it and ask Beauty, like, was mm. there a major difference between uh, your undergraduate degree or your master's? And can you remind everyone what you did in both? Sure. Uh, so... I studied my undergrad at King's College London. It was in global health and social medicine with a minor in neuroscience. And for my postgraduate, I did global health and development at UCL. Um, I would say the main, the main difference I would say was potentially the style of learning. I think there was a lot more like analysis and critical thinking with your with my masters um and it was a lot more structured you know i think in which is really weird because you would think it'd be the opposite way but i think in my undergrad um it was very much tailoring it to how you wanted to to study or like what you wanted to write about um even though it was still broad and exploring interest you know because for example you could you would always be given the opportunity to pick your own essay questions, your own topics, the countries you wanted to focus on. Whereas um, in postgrad, it was like, these are three questions, pick one, answer it, which was quite, I wouldn't say it was hard, but it was just a different way of working for me. Uh, it took me a bit longer to get, kind of get used to that. Um, but yeah, I would say that's the main difference. Um, I think both were quite broad in that sense, which is why I chose to do it in global health and development. I wasn't really ready to specialize within the field yet. So yeah, that was, that for me, that was the main difference. What about for you, Mo? Uh, mine's the total opposite um, for, for, master, for my masters. Um, a lot of the modules were guided by oneself. So by yourself basically, and you, mm -hmm. were, you were in charge of picking the modules that you wanted to that supports your research interests and right. a lot of the modules were very um economics heavy so i think uh, that's the probably the main difference between my undergrad and my masters there's a lot of um 
economics and economic principles in mm. in health in healthcare, which is quite unique because that means in in the bigger picture that I've kind of experienced the best of both worlds. So in my, under, right. in my undergrad and masters, and even just looking at the 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 lecturers and the specialists in each mm. um, module, they were. Uh, world leading as which is similar to my undergrad but again yeah. a lot of them had economic background whereas mm-hmm. with uh, my time at King's a lot of the professors and a lot of the specialists came from a medical background so a lot of them were yeah. uh, doctors clinicians um, physicians so I think, anthropologists exactly anthropologists yeah. um, so it was different in that it was different in that sense um, mm. But overall, I did enjoy it, and that's going to be my next question to you. Did you kind of enjoy this? Was it? Um, how did you find it? Uh, I actually really liked uh, the change of scenery. Um, I was once given advice by a professor not to stay in the same place for your undergrad, your postgrad, and then your PhD. Um, apparently. Not not to shade anyone who has done this, but apparently doesn't reflect well on your CV. Um, so it was it was quite it was nice to go to a different institute. Um, I think what was really nice as well, again, no shade to my previous institute, was how established UCL's global health um, department was. Um, we we were like one of the first cohorts at King's, um, and as much as I really enjoyed my time learning there, I think it was quite nice to go to a department where like, you know, global health wasn't something new. It was something that was very um, accepted. Um, There was like a lot of direction. Um, I don't know. It just felt a lot better. And, you know, these were like Mohammed said, we had very much well needing um, uh, lecturers at King's. Um, It felt the same it felt the same at UCL. And what was really nice was that some of our lecturers had gone through the course. So it was like f- like teaching from experience and they kind of really understood where we were coming from with a lot of things. Um, I think as well, like what I really enjoyed about UCL was that it was a much bigger cohort of students, um, all from very different disciplines. We had quite a few doctors, quite a few clinicians. Um, who weren't doctors, we had uh, um, biomedical scientists, you know, a lot of that, and bearing various different ages from various different countries. It actually felt quite global um, versus other global health <laughs> departments, which I don't think reflect this at the best of times. So I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, definitely. Um, I mean, I know you said you enjoyed it, Mo, but I'm going to probe you a little bit. What did you enjoy about it? Um, yeah, I enjoyed the world-leading professors and uh, lecturers, and they were they made time for you. So a lot of the seminars that we had were led by the senior professors, which is what you wouldn't normally expect. Um, usually, it's like the associate professors or even the teaching assistants that take um, lead of seminars. So it was good to actually have the professors leading these seminars, so you can actually probe them further on what the lecture uh, that you had meant or what this concept meant that you needed extra explaining. Mm-hmm. And also um, in terms of living, living up to the expectations, it did, because I did expect it to be um, 
uh, a lot of the department to be focused on um, economics and economic theory um, and uh, economic analysis of like health issues um, and I actually enjoyed it I mean like I didn't think I would enjoy it that much I didn't enjoy it um, also like you said I think the cohort was massive I mean was massive in the sense that there are many people of from different um, backgrounds so it's very good to get their perspectives and bond well with them and actually form a good network and I think that Absolutely. really helped especially during the final stages of my dissertation and getting mm. different people's perspectives and a lot of the people in my um, department and um, sorry class were quite mature in the sense that like they've already had industry experience in healthcare settings I've managed um, to work for NGOs and for respected um, their respected uh, states and getting this um, fresh perspective and uh, fresh insights was was quite nice and in terms of um, in terms of what would you change would you keep the same like I want to open that up to you like do you do you think there's uh, the need for improvement that's that's you know what it feels like what I studied was ages ago and it's literally a couple of months ago like that's what COVID has done because I know time is going really quickly but <laughs> it just doesn't feel like it is anyways um <laughs> would I have changed anything um I feel like I feel like sometimes and I, I get like this is this is a trouble with master's degrees you don't really go in, into as much depth as you could because of how short for time you are um I would have liked to enhance a few of my skills um like I mean statistical skills because you always need those in, in global health by the way anyone who sees me who has me on Twitter knows how much I complained about that module but I, I actually absolutely needed it um, when it came to writing my dissertation so I just feel like I wish there was a lot more time to apply our skills rather than just like learning them and then like not using them again you know um, I think I was a bit annoyed that some of our modules were discontinued um, just because there weren't enough people that signed up. Um, so I, I don't know how you can go about that if not people have not enough people have signed up. Um, even like making um, lectures available online just for you to like read or I don't know readings or something. Um, what else would I change? I, I would say those are the main things I would change. Um, but something that I recently got involved in was a decolonizing uh, initiative. And I wish we'd started that a bit earlier on in the year. Um, it would have been nice to try and implement that alongside our actual studies um, rather than like towards the end of our studies. I guess that's what I would like really change. Um, yeah. What about you? I mean, um, where should I start? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, honestly, um, like, just to add what, to what you said, basically um, having more modules and having more diverse um, diverse uh, lecturers. Um, and this is an experience that I had both at my undergrad and uh, masters. I think, um, I mean, we did have some researchers from, um, from ethnic backgrounds doing at the forefront of their research, 
I think um, I expected more, uh, more engagement with them in in, in the first place, and secondly, um, um, more more options to do like great research outside the UK. So, um, I mean, my dissertation was gonna be outside the UK, but COVID got in the way. But I think if they had encouraged more people to do their research or put more effort into uh, formulating research early on because when we were told to look for our dissertation topics it was like March or towards the end of March and I think if they had stressed the idea stressed the idea in the beginning of the course so September times or in or December I think more people would have had more ground to uh, would have less ground to cover and um, have more thought-provoking research ideas um, but obviously COVID got in the way and context kind of matters in that sense um, and um, in terms of this um, next beauty I'm going to ask you like now that we've discussed this what are three what are three of the top advice or that you'd give to uh master students who are going to start this year or in the next couple of years or right um i would say like the first thing i would always say and i always say this to you guys is be absolutely shameless um get to know your lecturers get to know people in your cohort like do not be afraid to put yourself out there like run for positions in your faculty um in your department just like don't don't be ashamed at all it can be very like nerve-wracking love racket wow english um especially like if you don't come from like a global health background i can experience i can understand that but the only way you will learn is if you actually like throw yourself in the deep end sometimes and that's just how it is with global health you know unfortunately it, it can be a field sometimes that relies on nepotism um which we're largely trying to move away but it'd be like that sometimes um and i just feel like a way to combat that is to be absolutely shameless in everything that you do you like that lecturer's research go speak to them about it if they are looking for a research assistant apply like don't don't be afraid um something i always speak to my friends about as well is you might not think you have those skills but i promise you you're using those skills in ways that you don't even imagine for example qualitative and quantitative skills um a lot of that i've only really used when i i say i've only really used when i do my dissertation but every time you write an essay you're using them uh every time you criticize government reports or plans you're using them um sometimes when you read a news article like someone has said and you're critically analyzing what they've said how this you're using those skills you know it's just about finding like specific examples and being able to apply those for whatever application that's the first thing i'd say the second thing i would say is for those of you with dissertations and i will keep hammering this on i please start early please 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 um I found myself in an un unfortunate situation this year where I couldn't do primary research because of COVID. Um, 
and I had to change my dissertation. I didn't have to change my topic, but just like the format of it. But bear in mind, I had started thinking about my dissertation like a good three months in advance. I just hadn't actually like completed the relevant paperwork. So please don't play yourself like I did. Start early. And the last piece of advice I would say is the master's year goes by really quickly. Um, go to all day events. Um, try and speak to people on your course. Like don't, I know a lot of people sometimes after they finish their undergrad are just like, you know what, I'm just here <laughs> for my master's, not here to make friends, not trying to look left or right, just here for master's, but don't do that. I think master's is where like your mind opens a lot more and you meet a lot more like-minded people. Um, people are like really serious about their craft. A lot of the opportunities that have come my way, it's just been speaking to people, um, getting involved in work they're doing. Um, what lecturers are doing so yeah definitely please 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 get involved um yeah and like go to your lectures <laughs> yeah Mohammed, what do you have to say <laughs> yeah just to echo what you said um network as much as you can so i think your masters is the only time where you actually get the space to um have professional networking where you can actually network with professionals who are already in the fields that you want to study in so network and um, form these early friendships and the other advice i'd give you is to be on top of all the campus events so go to because um we were lucky enough to be in the hub of london we go to different events organized with, relating to global health across the london universities and that is helpful to again get better networks and um also just get better opportunities um my other advice would be um try and uh, conduct your dissertation with an organization with like a global health organization because that helps you get published and um and it's important for like if you want to apply to phd programs and and also it's, it's a good learning curve as well um you form good friendships and um you again increase your network uh, networking capacity and it's fun as well and you do meaningful research sorry <laughs> but yeah right thank you for that mohammed um i guess it's my turn to ask you questions um uh and yeah what is the most relevant thing or skill you learned from your masters Mm, it's quite a tricky one, but um, I think you improve your critical thinking a lot. So coming across different texts, uh, different readings, different uh, perspectives and insights from um, different professors, I think you pick up the, the art of actually critically thinking and um, analysing a problem in more in a more deeper way. And um, I think in my undergrad, I started to critically think but in the masters, that's when you actually consolidate and go beyond. And the next skill I think I've mentioned um, is professional networking. I think this is when you form good relationships and network with people who are in your field who are also doing the masters with you. And I think this leads to great opportunities and they will give you good insights into the field that you're going into. and. I think that's a very good 
skill that I got from the masters. And the next one is um, you actually learn more in, in the sense that you learn more of what you want to learn. So um, this past year, I learned a lot of health economics in relation to social determinants of health and all of these intersections, but you learn it deeper and you learn a lot of things and a lot of skills such as um, um, working with softwares such as R or Stata. And these are, again, important for your final dissertation and even working working later on. Um, I know a lot of the new data science jobs and a lot of the um, um, government health and social care department use a lot of these skills and it's quite good to learn it. So I was privileged to learn that. Um, what about you, Beauty? Um, like, what did you, uh, what skills did you kind of attain from doing your masters? Uh, yeah, like, I think I'm just gonna echo, like for me, genuinely critical skills. Um, I was definitely using them in my undergrad and I thought I was doing bits, I was not. Um, <laughs> I think my masters definitely like pushed me a bit more to be like, okay, this is what this writer says, this is what another writer says, but what do you think, you know, how do you contribute to this? Um, and I think that was really, really relevant for actually reading papers and understanding how to interpret data and stuff. Like, I mean, in my, in my undergrad, we kind of just did it. I'm not saying we didn't learn how to, but maybe I just wasn't practicing that enough, but definitely in my uh, postgrad, because we were doing it so frequently, um, we had a whole module dedicated to it. I think that's where I really fleshed out those skills and understood the importance of them. Uh, that's the first relevant skill. I think as well as like on the critical analysis part, I think I learned to be like critical with direction. So not just being angry all the time um, in my criticisms, but actually like being constructive with them as well. You know, like it's one thing being like, oh, I disagree with this. Yeah, but why? <laughs> you know, because um, I think that was a really good thing that I learned from uh, my masters. Uh, I learned how to debate very healthily with people. I mean, obviously I knew how to do that before. Um, <laughs> um, but where like, this is something I'm quite, global health is something I'm quite passionate passionate about. It's very tied to my lived experience. Sometimes I can get very like heated about things um, and people will express things in seminars where you're just like, how, how can you be in this field and think, and think like this, like how? Um, so that was something I really learned how to do um, this this year. I think a big thing that I um, also learned is challenging uh, big, big global health scholars on things that I didn't agree with, um, which was weird. You know, I remember having a lecture with, um, you're going to fanboy over this, Mohammed, Michael Marmot. Um, <laughs> and I remember like listening to his lecture and be like, okay, right, follow, follow. And he said something and I was like, oh, I don't agree. Oh my God, do I voice this? Do I not? Um, but a lot of these criticisms were actually very welcome in your master's. Um, you know, and it was just, it was a space where like everyone was learning, including your lecturers. So I really enjoyed that process. Um, 
yeah and I think that's the last skill I have to learn like just because something has been said in global health doesn't mean that we're not constantly unlearning and learning that process you know um it's not just like this is what it is bam and that's it you know it's it's always like evolving and I really appreciate that so yeah um which leads on very nicely to my next question um Hamid but what was the most surprising thing you you've learned during your master's I think I think this is a tough question because um, I learned a lot of unique stuff. I think what was most surprising was how so many of the concepts in global health can still be challenged, and there isn't uh, a one model in place. So there's a lot of I went into the masters thinking that there were set ideals or guidelines in global health, but um, obviously. COVID-19 and the way we've dealt with it has made me realize that things need to be reevaluated and there isn't one fixed model. And uh, that is why probably, that's probably why there isn't a definition for global health. There's a set of definitions because it's quite complex and we've seen it with the way the pandemic has been dealt with across different parts of the world and no one or two models were were the same so different countries tried out different things in the and the main thing was global health was the main window uh, umbrella sorry and so the point is yeah there are fixed there's no such thing as a fixed concept or a fixed set of ideals and um it was quite yeah that was a big surprise to me what about you like what kind of surprised you um i think for me i think definitely for me the most surprising thing was um data how it's produced systems that it's produced from um why we use it um and this whole idea of evidence-based how basically that that's low-key a lie even though like that's like the pinnacle of evidence in global health um for me i think that was the most surprising thing in understanding why data is so important um and also at times not that important <laughs> um, so yeah just basically how everything in data can sometimes be a lie it's not as objective as we think it is and we really need to be critical of like things we read or stats people throw at us you know to support whatever their research is of course they were going to use data that supports them so yeah just something to be mindful of um obviously i knew that before but actually like creating data myself just really was like wow it's, it was all a lie <laughs> kind of thing um but yeah anyways what was the dissertation process for you like, like Mohammed? um it was it was quite delayed uh, i mean our dissertation proposal was due back in, in march and usually in other courses or other departments um at other di different universities often that process starts early so as early as december for some people so I found that quite bizarre, but I mean, I conducted my dissertation with um, the African Health Observatory. So they had like a proposal and um, after, after an interview with them, um, I told them that I would want, want to do this for them. And um, 
I mean, the supervisors, so I had my normal supervisor and I also had the supervisors from the external project and I, they were really helpful. And we had, even with COVID um, looming, we had many, um, many catch up sessions and they were very supportive and, and they gave me a very like a thorough guidance on what to do. Um, in terms of doing an actual dissertation, um, I obviously couldn't interview or do some sort of primary data collection because of the situation, but I did do a secondary data analysis and I enjoy that. That is one skill that I also improved and um, it was meaningful as well. The data that I used or the, sorry, the conclusions that I came up with was um, appreciated by the external um, external organization and that obviously is always nice when you translate your research into something that is meaningful um, but yeah in terms of expectation and how I felt I, I really enjoyed the process and um, it was good that we were in lockdown so I could actually get down and do the work what about yours like how did you feel it went and what was like I know it happened when it was peak lockdown, but how did you manage to do it? Um, so doing the actual just sorry, doing the actual dissertation process was it felt like death at times. I won't lie. Um, <laughs> that sounds really like exaggerated, but it, it was actually really hard at times. <laughs> at times. Um, like I said to you guys, you know, even though I started quite early, even though Mohammed said it was bizarre, that's just the structure of UCL, unfortunately. Um, we did actually start really early. Um, I knew that I wanted to do my research with black women and there was only one black woman in my department and I knew I really wanted to work with her. I also wanted to work with someone in the gender center and I wasn't aware of uh, any black women working in that. I think Rochelle's actually part of it. But um, but um, <laughs> I also approached um, a woman of color in there and together they were my co-supervisors. Um, so I think the process itself from wanting to do primary research data to doing secondary analysis, that was a bit hard for me because this was a style of research I've never done before. I know people say primary research is hard, but I, don't, I actually don't think it is. I actually think it's the easiest form of research when you know you're doing, or maybe it's because uh, we've done it before in undergrad. That's why it felt that way. Um, but yeah, secondary analysis was quite hard because there were times where I, I would want to re to interpret something away in a, in in a way that was not actually said by the person, or I couldn't probe further given what the data said. So that was quite hard. Um, but once I always say this to people: if you have a good structure, writing your dissertation is not hard. And once I got over the hurdle of actually understanding the structure of the secondary data analysis, what was expected of me from my supervisors, and just having a read through like previous dissertations, I think the overall process wasn't so bad. So yeah. Um, but moving on from that, that's the thing of the past. Um, do you do you know what you want to go into, Mohammed? Like in global health and why, or even just in the future? Oh, definitely yes. Um, I definitely want to um, dabble in social determinants of health, and um, in particular, looking at like especially with COVID nineteen, I want to 
look at how these different factors, these upstream and downstream factors influence the way that people experience bad um, disease or illnesses. And I think after COVID-19, that has definitely increased my passion for such a field and topic. Um, so I'm definitely currently looking at PhDs that would open would be open to this. What about you? So it has nothing to do with the fact you were published, no, or that you're a fanboy for Michael Marmot, no. Okay, I mean, never mind. <laughs> I do. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, guys, I'm going to link his um, article piece on that. It was really good. You should read it. But uh, what about me? Do I know what I want to go into and why? Um, I know I want to do everything uh, in the future, but I would say being present I'm really interested in public health communications I think for me that was very much enhanced during COVID as well like at how interesting our government approached their communications of key health messaging um, I think a lot of that also like just from doing like my internship currently a lot of that was heightened to me how communications very much impacts policy and research and vice versa. So having like a bit of background in the other two, it's very interesting now to be on this side um, doing this. So yeah, for now, I'm just gonna say that, but who knows what I'm gonna do in the future. Um, and yeah, leading on to our last and final question nicely, Mo. Um, at this point in your career, how are you feeling about entering global health as a global health scholar, uh, especially with this pandemic at the forefront of the start of our careers? I mean, I think it's a good time to be a global health student because we are in like the biggest pandemic since 1980, 1918. And uh, I think it's good to be a, it's good to have extra insight because as global health students we have more insight than the average uh, person so it's good to know that whatever that's happening or the government is doing that you can critically actually analyze it and um, and it's actually good to be the point of contact for many people so people are coming up to you now and asking you what does this mean like what are we doing is is a lockdown uh, feasible like is it a right thing that we should be doing and um, I think um, in terms of, yeah, I'm very positive towards the future. And um, that's probably why I'm going to pursue uh, into academia uh, in terms of like looking at global health. Um, what about you? Like, do you think, um, how are you feeling about global health in this time? I think it's a very bittersweet moment for a lot of global health students, especially global health scholars. You know, for a very long time, we've been screaming, health is important. Health is very important. And everyone's been like, yeah, yeah, but the economy, but other stuff. Um, and as much as like, I want to echo what you're saying about this, like excitement of like being the point of contact, being um, people finally recognizing the importance of global health and health systems. It's also when you flip the other side, it's to the detriment of a lot of lives lost um, and like needlessly. So it's it's a catch-22. I definitely think that it is quite an exciting time. I think it will definitely reshape um, how we think about things. I'm hoping it will shape the knowledge production, reshape the knowledge production as we're seeing a lot of countries that 
people would stereotypically expect to suffer during such a widespread pandemic are actually flourishing. Um, and countries that aren't <laughs> global north are doing exceptionally terribly. <laughs> so I think there's a lot to learn from that. Um, yeah, it is quite an exciting time, I won't lie. Um, and as Mohammed said, I'm very optimistic about the future. I'm hoping from this things will change um, within global health and who gets to see to see to sit at the big table. Um, so yeah, that, those are my thoughts for now. Yeah, and um, Mo, <laughs> do you have anything um, yeah. else to say? Oh, no, no, you summed it up quite nice. Um, yeah, we just want to end the episode there. And basically, yeah, we want to constantly be releasing new episodes. We're still on the topic of addictions, and we will be releasing new episodes in the coming weeks. Uh, looking at addictions from a different lens. Yep. Uh, Beauty will explain uh, what our next episode uh, episodes are going to be about. Um, well, the last episode we wanted to do, the last two episodes we wanted to do just to finish that um, um, uh, series nicely, one would be on e-cigarettes, so or vaping, as the kids would say. And the last one would be, I think, on the gaming industry. Um, so yeah, just something to think about that. And we're also working on our next series. Um, well, I've, I'm really excited about that one because I have many thoughts. Um, should I tell them? Should I tell them? Eh? I mean, yeah. Sure. That one's on decolonizing global health. Oh, this is a topic I, I could spend hours going in on this. So yeah, I'm very excited about this. Um, remember to follow us guys, Twitter, Instagram give us a shout out, email us, send us questions. Apologies for the lack of presence. You know, it's a pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah, Mo, anything to say? Yeah, um, just to echo that, yeah, we will be taking questions, uh, more engagement as well with the social media platforms. And uh, we plan to be more active this term, this semester. And um, yeah, we can't wait to give you this insights and these new topics. And that's it. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you, everyone. Bye.